Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. All right, why don't we start first with last night's matchup. That was kind of a bum out. What a buzzkill. That was supposed to be one of the best games of the NFL season last night. And it turned out to look pretty much like exactly every other barely watchable Thursday night football game. Because even the good TNF games suck. And sure, yes, it sucked way more for Bengal fan than for Raven fan. But it's not like Raven fan is feeling amazing right about now either. They'll take the win. However, it came at a cost. It's not like Raven fan didn't immediately get nauseous watching Mark Andrews get hip dropped and knocked out for the season just four minutes into the game. Then even more queasy when Lamar Jackson got his ankle rolled up and had to hit the medical tent before the end of the first quarter. Didn't look good, did it? Thankfully, he came out of it looking mostly fine. And by the end of the game, even after the dub, he was pretty well sick and tired of talking about the ankle. You were wearing a blue sort of wrap on your ankle. Was that heat? Yeah, it was a heat pack. But I'm good. We, we need to start talking about this ankle. I'm good. And you see, I just walked up here. I'm good. <laughs> we ain't going to talk nothing to existence, you know, speak nothing to existence. I'm good. It's kind of funny. We're not going to talk this into existence, man. I'm good. I'm good. Stop asking me about my ankle. We're not going to talk that injury into existence. I like that. Lamar might be good, but unfortunately, Mark Andrews is not good. In fact, below not good. He's gone for the year. And that is a devastating blow. As big as that win was last night, losing Andrews almost feels bigger. They didn't miss the dude last night, but they're going to miss this dude. Of course they will. They'll miss him come playoff time. Let's put it this way. There is a damn good reason that Lamar was so upset about it after the game. That's the guy who I, you know, entered the league with. You know, we've been bread and butter, uh, peanut butter and jelly, whatever you want to call it. But that's very tough because that's my boy. That's like receiver one sometimes, you know. And for him to go out first quarter, you know, and he's been having a remarkable year. One touchdown away from a record, I think. That's that's tough, man. But we got to we gotta somehow do it without him. Then you nailed that. I mean, he did just lose his bread and butter, his peanut butter to his jelly. That's why it's so tough to come away from that game flying too high if you're a member of the flock. Isn't it so appropriate that TNF, for TNF, that nobody comes out of that happy, even though that game was supposed to be the best TNF game of the year. That was supposed to be the best TNF game of the year, but all anybody was doing on social media during that game during the supposed TNF game of the year, was debating the journalistic ethics of sideline reporting. Whoops. So again, nobody walks away from that one feeling great. Nobody. But Bengals fan walks away from that feeling the worst. It was like the game itself wound up and kicked Bengals fan right in the stick. Now, Bengals fan is wondering... If this is about to turn into a lost Bengals season. Yes, they're still 5-5. Five and five. We know they've been down before and bounced back. However, it's different now. This is a different deal. They're in last place in the most competitive division in the NFL. They have an absolutely brutal remaining schedule. And the franchise is dinged. We all know they're not salvaging bleep. If Joey B's not right. 
They're not winning Jack if Joey B isn't right, and clearly Joey B isn't right. The question then is, how messed up is that wrist? Is it going to cause him to miss more time? Will it be like that calf injury, which he suffered earlier, where he tried to play through it but looked like a shell of himself? These are all questions that basically define the Bengals' season right now, but they're not the only question about Joe's wrist. They're not the only questions. We don't know how bad that is. We'll wait. But the other questions include, when exactly did he actually injure the wrist And that became a full-blown conspiracy on the X as well last night. You see, those of you who are very online will know that the Bengals' social media team posted a clip on Wednesday night, which appeared to show Burrow wearing a soft cast on that right hand, which people found very interesting. Then they found it a lot more interesting when the Bengals turned around and deleted the post. Uh Uh-oh! Of course, as always, the internet is forever. The internet is in ink. You cannot scrub or erase the internet. And the cover-up is always worse than the crime. And deleting a post like that accomplishes nothing. Of course, the moment Joe started to show discomfort last night, everybody immediately started crying foul. And then treated the Bengals social media clip like it was the Zapruder film and saying that he had an unreported injury that the Bengals hid on purpose. That's a foul! All right, so then you've got yourself a good conspiracy right there, and then it only got better. It only got more and more wild, more and more creative. More and more creative theories behind that, including that the league itself was behind it. Conspiracy being because TNF has been so horrendous, they needed to keep people interested in the one decent TNF game. They wanted to disturb the betting action. So the league was in on it, allegedly. You know, as goes the conspiracy theory. Listen, we all know people love their conspiracy theories these days. It's like hate is the new dopamine. But crafting conspiracy theories is the next best drug. And I get it. I used to love them too. Notice I said I used to love them too. Until people stop enjoying them responsibly. It's like anything else. Gamble responsibly. Drink responsibly. Use conspiracy theories responsibly. Most of the time these days, people's conspiracy theories are exhausting and they're ridiculous And they don't stand a chance. However, these particular theories about last night might not be so ridiculous. Now, no, I'm not saying that the league was behind it. I'm not saying that Vegas influenced it. But it doesn't take a frame-by-frame Zabruder-style analysis of that clip from Wednesday night to realize Cincinnati was probably hiding something. Since he was hiding something this week... And apparently the league believes that as well because as of this morning, wrist gate is officially under investigation by the Shield. At Adam Schefter on the X, quote, the NFL is investigating why the Bengals did not list quarterback Joe Burrow on their injury report when the team posted a picture of him wearing a device on his wrist Wednesday night 
and appeared to be hampered by that injury early in the Thursday night game. Then he later left, the league confirmed today. The initial picture of Burrow wearing a device that looked like a soft cast on his thumb was posted by the Bengals, only to be deleted later. The NFL routinely looks into matters of compliance with the injury report policy and will do so in this instance as well. Teams can be fined or even potentially lose a draft pick. End of tweet. So they're going to investigate. They're going to investigate how much Cincinnati knew. They're going to investigate what went down. How much investigating do you really have to do? How much investigating do they have to do to figure out why they didn't mention the injury? Why they didn't report the injury? Why they didn't tell the Ravens that Joe Burrow was hurt? You're going to investigate that. I've just done your investigation. Because they didn't want them to know. How about that? Because no team ever wants any other team to know the status of their players physically. There's your investigation. You're welcome. You know, in today's world, it yeah, seems Raj, the best get your crack team on that one. For only a You're few. going to need your well, very Discover best. wants to change that your by making everybody feel special. To get That's to the why bottom with of your this Discover one. card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, on, as well man. as zero-dollar fraud liability, business, which means you're savage. never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel Feel special with Discover. Over. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Come on, man. Limitations apply. Head up. Seems pretty obvious to me what happened here. And pretty obvious why the Bengals were not exactly forthcoming with that information. Also seems to me like the Ravens can't exactly take credit for the injury because we don't know when it happened. But even if they did, and by the way, one of them tried, it's all kind of bizarre. So again, the question is, when did Joe get hurt? Because if he was hurt coming into the game, they need to report that. Except that Roquan Smith seemed to be taking credit for the injury, saying, hey, man, you play us, somebody's going to get hurt. Uh, you know, he's a great player. Got a lot of respect for him, the way he played the game. But, hey, injury's part of the game. So, you know, when you play the Ravens, D, sometimes things like that happen. But wish him all the best. Speedy recovery. When you play the Ravens, Sometimes things like this happen. Actually, when anyone plays anyone, things like that always happen, my dude. Because it is a league with a 100% injury rate. It's not a question of if. It's not a question of if you'll get hurt, but when and how badly. That's not a Ravens thing. That's an enormous, explosive, violent, athletic dudes smashing into each other over and over and over again thing. It's not a Ravens thing. That's a shield thing. But I can't fault Roquan. He's still buzzing from busting ass out of Chicago and out of one of the worst situations in the NFL to one of the very best. So I see where he's getting pretty hyped. This dude's got so much Ravens pride. He's not even sure what to brag about. He's just feeling it. As for the natty, I am no doctor. And we have to see the extent of that injury. But I don't think I need to be a doctor to know their entire season may have already ended. Because of that calf injury earlier this season, Cincinnati was already playing without a net in one of football's most rugged divisions. If he misses any significant time at all, their season is over already. A season where expectations for Cincinnati were at an all-time high. Like, saying something sucks is not a take. But if he's down for any period of time, 
That not only sucks for Cincinnati, but for the NFL overall. He makes the overall product better. That's how good that guy is. As for the Natty, he is their best player. You're not next man upping Joey B. And as much as I hate to say this, as much as it pains me of all people to say this, that Bengal defense is looking more and more porous every single week. That defense is sure as hell not going to pick up Joe or anybody else. So now we wait, Bengal fan. I hope you catch a break. Hopefully you catch a break, but it's not looking like it, right? Let's see who else can't catch a break. My guy, Al Michaels. Al Michaels cannot buy a good game. Notice I'm not saying he can't call a good game. I'm saying he can't buy a good game. He can call a good game. He just can't get a good game. Like calling that game horse bleep is insulting to horses. The only people happy with that game is Blue Tent Nation. The BTN had a huge game. Burrow, Andrews, Lamar, Cam Taylor, Britt, Odell. That right there is the equivalent of a perfect 158.3 QB rating. That's like a kicker nailing 350-plus yarders into the wind. BTN had a big night. U.S. Cellular wants to help everybody get the gift of connection this holiday season. Already a customer? This applies to you, too, because right now, new and current customers can get any phone, and I mean any phone, for free. Yes, really free. Sounds like it's time to make the switch. Spread holiday cheer far and wide this season with a new phone. Everybody can get the gift of connection at U.S. Cellular. Get any phone free today. U.S. Cellular, built for us. Terms apply. Visit uscellular.com for details. We are joined by Kenny Moore the second. He joins us via Zoom. In fact, Kenny, great to have you on. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thanks dude. for having me. Good. Great to have you. Great to have you. Appreciate it. Listen, you've won back-to-back games to get to 500. So I'm curious, how's that bye week treating you? And then how are you feeling about your team overall two weeks into November? I think we're we're hitting our stride just in time. Uh, having the two games that we we were able to make it even here in the season. Uh, Bobby came at a perfect time. I feel great. Uh, I feel healthy. Uh, with the team, we just want to build the momentum uh, going forward with the seven game stretch that we have to uh, end the regular season. We just want to be uh, in good standings. Kenny, I wonder about that, right? Like, it's not that you have any control over when that buy comes. So, on the one hand, it's always nice to get that rest and recovery. But, like you said, you had some momentum. You won back-to-back games. So, would you rather be playing right now, or is the rest and recovery more important? Uh, rest and recovery is important. I'm a guy that likes to just keep going. Um, but I, every guy is different. Every guy is different in, in what we uh, all want within the season, within the bye week. Uh, whether, whether that comes, you know, first seven weeks of the season, first five, whatever it is. Uh, sometimes we have a, a late bye week, uh, week 14. Um, it, it's all random shuffle, as you know. So uh, right now it is a perfect time. We do, like any other team, you know, you have guys banged up. So you, you definitely want to uh, rest and get off your feet. And uh, honestly, just being able to recharge and refocus. I would imagine you want to rest, get off your feet, heal your body up, and also rest your mind a little bit. At the same time, I hear what you're saying when you're saying you're one of those guys who wants to keep going, especially given the way you've played of late. Two weeks back against the Panthers, you set a Colts franchise record by housing two picks. Rare enough to have a single pick six in a game. What kind of a zone were you in that day to turn that trick twice? 
I mean, I'm just trying to be in the best position as possible to uh, make the play count. Uh, play doesn't have a name on it. So whenever the play presents itself, you just want to be in the best position to uh, give your team the upper hand. Um, I see two. I saw two chances that game to to really take advantage of the moment. And I did. And uh, I, I wasn't really processing, you know, what was going on. I was just trying to strain as best as possible to score those touchdowns, to get those turnovers, to, to make the most of the opportunity. Listen, I understand that. I hear exactly what you're saying, right? You just want to put yourself in the best position. You want to react when you see something. But I'm curious, like, did you get ready for a game like that? Is there anything you saw in the film in the week leading up to that game? Did you have any kind of premonition that you were going to go out and go off the way you did? Or is it just like you said, just snap in the moment? I just saw the ball and went and got the ball. Uh, preparing for that game, just like a lot of games, I feel like, you know, this could be my moment. This could be uh, a really good week to to display my God-given ability and, you know, my my hard work and skill that I put into my craft each day. So, uh, yeah, uh, preparing for that game, I thought it would be very good to uh, put up a good display. Kenny Moore is joining us. Another reason, like anytime you go out there, it ends up on film. You always want to look at it on film, but how much better is it that you had your family in the house? Three of your six sisters made that trip from Georgia to Charlotte for that game. So what was it like to have one of your best games of your life in front of your family and be able to share it with them? A uh, wholesome moment. Wholesome moment. Uh, I value a lot of uh, good moments um, with my family. Uh, my mom was on a cruise, uh, so she was at she she missed Germany, and she missed the uh, Carolina game. But uh, my sisters definitely made um, the moment count. It was a moment that we can all share together, uh, and I and I'm pretty sure it'll be something that we can all talk about and you know relive the moment. Uh, it's it's not one of those moments where you you know I go back and tell them you you just had to be there or I wish you guys were, were there. So uh, this is a moment that we can all. Uh, relive again and again and uh it was very wholesome very wholesome it I, I just felt like it was more it was bigger than myself uh whenever I look up and see see them you know screaming at me and then me screaming at them and like uh seeing my nieces up there in the stands is, is something that um we'll never forget that's a, that's a life moment that that's awesome you're right you don't have to say I wish you had been there because they were there so you'll always have that I want to remind Kenny those who don't know your background the fact that for you even to be in position to have a historic game like that is a direct reflection of your commitment of your grind remember you were undrafted after being a division two all-american at Valdosta State you signed with the Pats didn't make their final roster you wind up with the Colts and you're doing everything you possibly can to stick including playing on special teams teams and yet here you are seven years later and you and I are having this conversation I'm curious what feels more more intense to you right now proving doubters wrong or proving those who believed in you right I've always wanted to live um proving those around me right uh proving to my loved ones that um you know the belief that you have in me uh and the belief that I have in myself um is all we need. Um, people are going to talk about you, good or bad, and uh, you can't really hang your hat on those, those doubters, those those naysayers, um, because if you get too lost in the sauce, if you get too lost into, you know, what everybody else think of you, I feel like you will, you will forget your own identity, you'll forget um, your real purpose. So um, it, it helps me stay sane. It helps me stay uh, to myself, and uh, just stay the same uh, throughout all the years of 
success, failures or whatever it is, because um, I know uh, exactly who I'm doing it for. And uh, it's all for the better good. You know your why. What an amazing journey it's been, too, and it's not over yet. Kenny Moore the second joining us. Kenny, before we go, let me ask you about a couple of your teammates. Like everybody else, I've got immense respect for Zaire Franklin. I know the dude makes this particular show better every time he comes on, so I'm curious, what's it like to share a locker room with this guy, and then how much does the rest of the defense feed off his play and his leadership and his energy? You know, we, we have some great guys in the locker room when it comes to being a leader, when it comes to working hard, when it comes to being consistent and uh, playing the game the right way. And Zaire is one of those guys where you can just count on him as a teammate and as a person and as a man to, you know, take care of business. Uh, this is a guy that has worked and worked and worked each day. Um, I've seen this guy come into you know, the league and, you know, as a rookie and, and being a special teamer and obviously being the guy that he is right now. And, and, you know, we can all see the type of player that he's growing into each day, each game. Uh, it's something that you can just respect. And, uh, yeah, uh, the locker room definitely feeds off this guy. He talks before every single game, you know, on the field, preparing for the game. And uh, he, you know, he prays for the defense. He prays for the offense, uh, you know, as we, we get together before each game. So, uh, it's, a, it's definitely a guy that, you know, we all lean on to to be there. And so, you know, having him at the games, having him in the huddle, uh, making sure everything is dialed in, uh, Zaire is the perfect guy for that. Great, great player, great leader, great teammate. Hey, Kenny, you mentioned the offense. Let me ask you, you know what they say, right? Better to stay ready than to get ready. Would that describe Gardner Minshew, who was forced into the starting lineup when rookie quarterback Anthony Richardson was lost for the season? And then how do you think he's done in taking the reins of the offense? I think he's doing a great job. Um, I mean, I, I've had a history of playing Garner whenever he was with Jacksonville. So I don't think this is any surprise with him. He's a he's a even kill person. Uh, he's very uh, humble. He's very hardworking. He's to himself and he doesn't make the moment bigger than what it already is. Uh, he know he's the, the starting quarterback for a franchise that, you know, is, is definitely dependent on him to, you know, um, not have any drop off. So uh, he's doing a great job for us. And uh, I'm excited to see what he does for the rest of the season. Hey, Kenny, I'm curious. Hey, help me with this. Like, you see a guy like that. He, his personality, like, he's fun. He's a little bit different, right? A little bit different. I'm curious, what do guys respond to most of all? Like, will guys want to follow? And quarterback is different than any other job, really, in sports. Do guys follow other guys into battle based on their charisma and personality? How much of it is that? And then how much of it is they're going to follow guys into battle who make plays? I think it's more so guys follow guys who love ball. Um, if, if that makes any sense, I I think if you show me that like you're here to win, you're here for the right things, you're here for uh to to win football games, and you're intentional about your job, I think that's all I need. You know, personally, uh, to see is that you know you're bought in and you're ready to win. So, uh, whether your personality is like mine or or, or like someone else's, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, it just matters if you know, you're in it for the right things. Not only does that make sense to me, I think that's actually kind of an inspiring response. I think you could apply that to any walk of life, right? Any walk of life, any job, any work, any passion, you know, if you love, insert whatever it is, and you're intentional about your work, people are going to follow you. They're going to gravitate to you. I totally understand what you're saying. Let me ask you one last thought. Like this notion of you got to love ball. At that level, are there guys talented enough 
to play and stick and have success in that league without loving ball? Is that possible? I think you will slowly see guys fall short or fall by the wayside who don't love ball. And and I feel like you'll be able to see, um, you know, what guys are really in it for. So uh, whether they're in it for um, what ball can bring them or can provide for them or they really love ball because um, they really have this passion and love that they've kept since, they're, since they were a kid. And so I think it's best if you have a – you know, in a workforce where, you know, everybody have good chemistry, uh, it's good teamwork, and uh, everybody just love what they do and let the results handle, handle itself. Um, I think that's a better workplace than being in a workplace where it's results driven. And um, I, I think you can definitely see the difference in, you know, teams who win or lose, um, teams who have uh, good chemistry or bad chemistry. Um, it, it all show um, everything that's done in the dark, it'll come to light. And so uh, I think with those small details, it'll 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 make the bigger picture. So let's walk it off on this. Clearly, you love ball. That's very clear to me. What do you love most about it? I think what I would take take away from ball uh, that I love so much is the camaraderie. Um, I think the Colts have done a great and tremendous job of building the locker room uh, filled with guys who love ball. And, you know, we do our best to, you know, have the the chemistry and the ties to each other to go out there and uh, count on each other whenever the, the, the game, the, the moment presents itself. So um, I, I think the camaraderie aspect, you know, being a DJ on uh, away game, playing rides back uh, to Indianapolis or um, just us doing stuff on every Thursday night, you know, watching a football game, you know, whether it's at, you know, each other's house or, uh, at a restaurant here in town. Um, it, it's just, it's the small things that matter the most. Kenny Moore the second joining us, dude. I appreciate you, and I appreciate you letting us inside the helmet, man. That's some really good insight. That's fun. Thanks so much for doing it. I know it's your bye week. I appreciate that. Good luck next week, and it's always good to talk to you, Kenny. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Take care. The holiday season is in full swing. It's here, and so is the responsibility of showing up strong with the right holiday gift. Clones, look no further than sending Omaha Steaks. They have you covered with guaranteed perfection during their Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, use my full name, Jim Rome, as your promo code at checkout to get an additional $30 off your order. 50% off and $30 more off? Can you beat that? Score delicious deals on tender, juicy, extra-aged steaks like their mouth-watering bacon-wrapped filet mignons. That's a holiday gift favorite. Or send their easy-to-prepare meals and carefully curated gift packages that are guaranteed to make those receiving these gifts very happy recipients. With Omaha Steaks, the possibilities are endless. Endless flavor and endless value. Visit omahasteaks.com and save big with 50% off site-wide. Plus, use the promo code JIMROME spelled as one word at checkout and get that extra 30 bucks off your order hurry because the black friday and cyber monday deals at omaha steaks are for a limited time only that's omahasteaks.com promo code jim rome at checkout all right head i don't want to belabor this you know you know the rule you know the line while gambling is an absolute blast it's also an absolute kick in the stick which is why we never ever pile on each other ever over wins and losses even when we pick against each other we never talk junk to each other because we know how hard it is 
That said, you want to talk about a kick in the stick head. The Bengals suffered potentially the biggest one of all when Joe Burrow went down. But from your standpoint, that could not have gone much worse when actually it was looking so good. You had the two plays last night. You had Bengals plus three and a half and a prop bet involving Mark Andrews. So what happens? The Ravens go right down the field. Andrews puts up big numbers on that drive. The bet looks great. And at the same time, Cincinnati was up 10-7. You were looking good on both. Andrews wrecks his ankle. Burrow goes down. You lose both. This gambling game is hard, dog. What are you, dead? I'm right here right now. It's very hard, Jim. Thank you. The yes. game is hard, dog. Thanks for Just being crying. there, dude. Yep, Thanks for showing right up. Right now. All right, no worries. Hey, I know you sound rattled. I know you sound like a kid. I just took away your your lollipop or your toy or whatever. Yep. We're going to play anyway. All right, you need, we need a bounce back Friday. Let's get it. Are you ready, man? Get right. Hell yes, let's do this. All right, let's start with one of the best stories in the NFL, the Texans. They're coming off a huge win against the Bengals, and they're going up against a suddenly rejuvenated Arizona Cardinal team because Kyler Murray is back, and I thought he looked pretty damn good last week given that was his first game after shredding his knee back last year. What's the number? How are you playing that one? What a difference a year makes. Last season, the Texans had the worst offense in football. Over the last three games, only San Francisco and Dallas have averaged more yards per play than Houston has. I'm taking the Texans and laying the four and a half points. Arizona's strength pre-Call of Duty Kyler's return was running the football. They currently rank third in the NFL in yards per carry, but that's what D'Amico Ryan's defense does best to stop the run. They rank third themselves in yards per carry. Also, Kyler cannot play defense in last week. Arizona was able to stand in against Atlanta because of the fail clown's inability to throw the football downfield at all. CJ can stretch the field. His offense leads the NFL in pass plays of over 20 yards, and he will be going up against a defense that ranks 28th in scoring. Let's be careful, though, Texan fans, about looking ahead to Jacksonville next week. Take care of this. After all, we did lose to Carolina, Carolina, Texans minus four and a half. I like it. So much to like about the Texans right here, starting with that rookie sensation and MVP candidate, C.J. Stroud. I'm expecting another big game from him. Going up against an Arizona D head that has allowed 20 or more points in the last seven games. Also, Devin Singletary had got off last week, toting the rock. Another good sign. The Cards are 1-4 against the spread in road games this year. And the Texans are thinking playoffs. Arizona gets a shot in the arm from Kyler. But we're talking about a huge jungle team here. The jungle karma is flowing freely. I see you, jungle legend, Nick Casario. I'm more than happy to lay the points. I'm with you. Texas, minus 4.5. Cowboys at Carolina. The Panthers are coming off a Thursday night game. They'll have a little extra time to rest, recover, and prepare. It still won't matter. They don't do anything well. There's a reason why they have only one win. The Cowboys suddenly waking up and feeling dangerous. Well, until they run into anybody who matters. But they're not this week against Carolina. How fat is that number? The spread is Dallas minus 10 and a half. I'm laying the points and riding with the Cowboys here. The last three weeks, Big Mike's offense has been the most explosive in the NFL. They are averaging 477 yards per game and 38.3 points over that time span. My guess is the number is only 10 and a half because the Panthers' defense has played well since their bye week. They've allowed only 18.7 points, and only the Jets have allowed fewer yards since that week seven bye. That team right there, right. Allen. Yes. Just like that. Thank you, Allen. 
And um, Look just at the like clock. that Jets keep offense, going. though, the Panthers' defense, our offense is a disaster. Frank Reich is uh, taking play-calling duties back. Desperate much, Frank, right there. Now the Cowboys can stop themselves. They have no sh- uh, they have no show twice this season, <laughs> both times on the road. They have no sh- <laughs> Once you against went, the You ass- almost went L. Rob there, dude. I oh, you know, right? Once against the ass Arizona Cardinals, and, of course, Big Mike's team is the most penalized team in football, shocker. But ATS, Dallas is covering 66% of their games, and the Carolina Panthers are the worst team in football in reality, and ATS, they are 1-6-2 and two this season. That's a 14.3% cover rate. Cowboys minus 10.5. I agree. You are what your record says you are, and their record says they are the worst team in football. Bryce Young is stru- struggling. That line cannot protect him. In fact, that line is liable to get this guy killed this weekend. Mm -hmm. Laying double digits on the road is never ideal. But given that we're talking about the Panthers here, I've got no problem doing it. I'm going to ride with you. Cowboys minus 10 and a half. Beautiful. Steelers at Cleveland. Not to be too cliche, but when these two get together, you can throw their records out. Speaking of which, how the hell are they both 6 and 3? I don't know. How the hell are they both 6 and 3? The creep is out for the season, but they do have a great defense to fall back on. And the Steelers, what can I say, Head? They just find a way to get it done. It doesn't matter how it looks. They just find a way to get it done. What is the number? How are you playing that one? Man, freaking Cleveland. The one game Cosby doesn't play like idiot face. Disaster strikes for the Cleveland Browns. Cosby, dude. That guy, Cosby. Yeah, no, I understood the joke, dude. Two years, ninety. I I didn't ask you explain what you meant by Cosby. I understood it. I just can't believe you went there. Okay, so since Cosby's out, the the line. And I heard you the first five times. Go ahead. Minus four to now minus one and a half for Cleveland. Hmm. I'll take Pittsburgh and the point and a half. DTR will make his second career start for the Browns. He should be able to move the ball. Everyone seems to do that against this Pittsburgh defense. They give up 379 yards per game. That's the worst of Mike Tomlin's tenure. But here's the key. They rank first with Jacksonville in takeaways per game, and DTR did throw three interceptions in his first career start against Baltimore. Of course, Tiny Hands and Matthew Nova Scotia have to win their turnover battle against a damn good non-Joe Woods Browns defense. You hate Joe Woods, don't you? I just hate Joe Woods, yes. Just not good. Dude, he hasn't been there in quite some time. You got Jim Schwartz. You're good, right? I know. I get one year to keep coming at the guy, right? Well, it's like like a wedding. Like you have an entire year to buy a present. You've got one year to keep coming at Joe Woods. That's fair, right? Not really, no, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, Point being, nobody is better in the turnover margin game in the NFL than Pittsburgh. ATS, Browns are 2-0 this season as a home favorite, but Mike Tomlin has hit on 59% of his game since 2006 as an away dog. Pittsburgh Steelers plus one and a half. You know, I kind of like that too. Tough game to pick, even with the creep going down because Jim Schwartz has gone complete wizard with that Browns D. That's the only reason I'm not saying that their season ended the second the creep got ended. As for Pittsburgh, I don't know how they're doing it, dude. I just don't. I'm watching them every single week. I don't know how. They're the first team to be outgained in each of their first nine games and still have a winning record. Make that make sense because I can't. Their point differential is minus 26 on the season. So I know. Yes. Crazy, right? Yeah. Let me break out a horse racing analogy mm-hmm. because we have not done that in quite some time. Mm-hmm. We used to talk about the big mare misdirection. She yes. knew where the wire was. She did. She just did enough to win. She knew where the wire was. The Steelers know where the wire is. I will also take Pittsburgh plus one and a half. Jags v. Titans. Jags got hammered by the Niners. They're looking for a big bounce back game. What's the number? How you playing it? 
I know the Jags had won five straight before that beatdown be San Fran. I just don't buy Mrs. Ursay's Jags being a He's legit Lombardi contender. You can't this have year. a newcomer come in. Yeah, and your steal team's not in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Their point differential is on the season is uh, plus six, which is not mm. good at all. However, I do buy them beating uh, a Titans team and covering the seven here. The Jags' offense lacks explosion in the passing game, but against a Titans defense that struggles to create pressure, I'm hoping Trevor Lawrence can finally push the ball downfield. I'm really betting on Lawrence here over Will Levis, too. Levis is filling the heat with that uh, backside polter of a line he has in front of him. He's been pressured 42 times over the last two weeks. That's 42 times, Poulter. Thank you. Beautiful. The turnover battle will be interesting. The Titans do not force turnovers. Well, that was a 31st. fresh Poulter reset. Haven't heard that in a while. It's gassy line. That equals Poulter, as we know, right? Wrong. You could do Molinari if you want that one back. No, right. I'm good. Okay. You got about 30 seconds. Okay, uh, Jacksonville ranks arr, first. Arr, Ian Poulter. Arr, yeah. Wendy Williams. Arr. Don't fumble the oh, damn I'll ball, Wendy Jags. minus one and a half. Arr, arr. ATS. The worry here, Mike Vrabel is 24-12. and 12. ATS is an underdog of three or more points, uh, but I'm riding with the Jags minus seven. Here's what I'll do, Head. Mm -hmm. I, I want to say my pick. You've been on fairly good behavior. Mm -hmm. I have an interview next. I know you want to start your weekend. Ah, you can't. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? Probably so. Listen, this time don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Grab instead a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. That's my go-to. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender and it's made from real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. Plus, Old Trapper is a family-owned business. I know this family, and I know they take smoked beef extremely seriously so you can taste it in every single bite. I mean, who wants dried, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating on you. Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. What's cracking? Welcome to the jungle. Teriyaki, I'm Jim Rome. Pepper, Hope you guys spend this weekend. We have got so a good, good Monday show for you. What's going on? Nice to have you here. Let's get it. I got to admit, my Saturday was all right. Watch football-wise. Got my brains beaten by the NFL yesterday. Luckily, since I was in Vegas over the weekend, I was able to stem the flow of blood on the tables. That helped me. Listen, you got one of the best receivers in the game. I'm not stupid. I know who to get the ball to. I mean, the entire team being galvanized behind their hatred for Josh McDaniels. Really is something else. That's not the team, Alvy. That's the fans. Who do you anticipate being your number one quarterback moving forward? Yeah, we just got that. Got any of that fancy mustard for those pretzels? Uh, yeah, can we at least go to the mall and go to Wetzel's pretzel? All the way across the board. Oh, well, how about Auntie Anne's? I like her. Is that Zappy in a quarterback? Mac Jones is standing Tom on the Tom Curran. Is he already done in New England? Yeah, I think he is. The fan base has turned on him. He's lost a, a significant portion of the locker room and coaching staff as well. The water is too muddy and bloody here to keep him on. Email. JR3D hologram. Looks just like the real Rome. Sitting behind the white desk. No way you and Dr. Jano get out of Vegas and back to SoCal in time. Dude, we made it out. It's one thing to run that through the streets of Monaco, for instance, or Miami. Vegas? We were talking to Connor Orr. Uh -huh. So where do you come out on the Lions? If the Lions can run their offense the way that they want to run it, they're as unstoppable as any team in the NFL. It's hard to stop, especially if everybody's healthy. <laughs> That That's the reaction you would expect from somebody if somebody very close to you just died suddenly and you saw it like an hour ago or during the interview. Oh my 
goodness on the Bills. The Same plays, different day. <sighs> Same play. <sighs> five and five, just another team looking for an offense coordinator. Got out a fall guy. McDermott got we his got fall, guy. fall guy. Super Bowl. <sighs> they don't look like a playoff team. To me, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. People are walking out, Jim, saying, we can't believe we wasted our money on another national TV disgrace. It was absolutely inexcusable. Christian Okoye. It was so easy, Jim. I tell you, I walked into Marty Schottenheimer's office. I said, Coach, I, I don't think I'm going to play anymore. He said, what? what? I said, uh, you actually extended my career. Franz said, Bill Belichick, he's a mean person, and I hope he never wins again. Bam! Let me show you this video. Look at my phone. Look at this video of a shirtless and supple man. Is that Bill Belichick, Fran? Oh my God, this is not happening! Hope that was worth it, Browns management, although I know it wasn't. Right when this guy finally looked like he was the guy they paid all that money for. More karma coming in, more bad karma coming in with the creep than we could have ever expected, and it would have brought down the entire stadium. This is for you! Jesus Christ, it's Jack Savage. Jesus Christ, it's Cindy. Savage is out of control. And this is the opening segment. Can you imagine where this guy's going to be like by hour two? KJ, you see what Marshawn said recently on another podcast? Pete Carroll's energy is insane. Would he fire you up or would he wear you out or both? No, he would, he would fire us up. His energy was just so contagious and he brought it every single day. Seriously, Jim, poor alvy has got more chafe on his shaft than Tony Hawk has on his knees. Nothing about that call was okay. Vincent Goodwill's joining us. This was the second game that these two teams played in a span of like three or four days, giving Draymond opportunity to see Rudy Gobert two times in the span of three days. He can't help but choke the guy. Just wear a diaper before some of these games. Keys, check. Wallet, check. Phone, check. Jacket, check. Tickets, check. Adult diaper, check. Beef about anything you want. Yeah, my beef is Cocoon 2. The Golden Bachelor. Why couldn't he confirm or deny if Marcy and Peppermint Patty are bumping clam? I mean, what the hell is going on? Why is there stickers all over my apples? Go dang cyclists on the road. Get off the road. There's a perfectly good sidewalk. Hey, dumbass, streets are for everybody. However you want to move around, whether you want to be on a scooter, bicycle, car, whatever, they're for people. The bottom line, how do you let all that stuff get stored under the freaking 10 freeway? It's like trying to move around on a uh, set of a Jardian's commercial or something like that. Just a lot of beef. What did I just say about the beef segment? Why would that not apply to you? You're not moving. Guys follow guys who love ball. What's up, Jim? This is Jardy and NC. Yeah, I suck. Man, loves a team that you know, beats the odds. Man, stop being so insufferable. Thank you, Jim. It's good to see you again. Apologize to mom and grandma. Who's got it worse than us? I honestly don't know. Incredible! What is going on right now? Oh, thank you very much, Jim. Roll wave. Alejandro, if that was so far above and beyond and not necessary, but thank you very much. No sign with the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland? <laughs> this is for you. This shit is real. Learn how to ask some questions. I'm out. Good night now! Hey now, Jim Rome here. Let me talk to you for a moment about one of my all-time favorite products, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. This is why it is America's number one meal kit. And the holidays are right around the corner, and HelloFresh can help take the stress out of dinner by delivering everything you need to cook up tasty meals right to your door, saving you a ton of time. 
What I'm saying is this. HelloFresh is so much more than just delicious dinners. HelloFresh can help take the hassle out of every mealtime occasion with easy breakfast, quick lunches, and snacks all delivered along with your weekly box. That's why I love it, for all of those reasons. So what you want to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash RoamFree and use the code RoamFree for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's a free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash RoamFree, but you have to use the code RoamFree. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. We are joined right now by Sheldon Rankin. Sheldon, really good to have you on, man. How are you? I am good, man. I appreciate you guys for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on. Really appreciate you doing it. So listen, I'm not going to lie. I think personally there is so much to like about your team and the year you're all having right now. Your road win at Cincinnati, to me, was one of the most impressive wins of the entire season league-wide. Can you take a look back for a minute? What was your biggest takeaway from that win and in beating Joe Burrow and the Bengals? Yeah, I just think um, just the ability of our team to to be able to handle themselves in any moment. You know, there there was a time where you know we were able to get a bit of a lead, and you know, um, obviously weren't able to to maintain that as well as we'd like. Uh, you know, since he's a good team, playoff team, you know, team that you know a few years ago was in the Super Bowl, so uh, they were able to battle back and, and make some plays to to put themselves in position to to be able to to capture that game, and then you know, for us, um, you know, just uh, be, being a, a mix of you know a, a lot of young talented guys, and then a, a mix of some good veterans, you know, for us to be able to to go into that hostile environment and be able to to not bat an eye uh, no matter what happened and to be able to compose ourselves and be able to come up with the plays necessary uh, each and every time to, to be able to seal that victory on the road. That's that's big for, for, for a young team going forward. Sheldon, you yourself had a monster game, which I want to get to in a minute, but that point you just made about how, you know, we fell behind or we had some moments, but then we showed composure. I want to ask you about C.J. Stroud because I obviously, like everybody else, I could not be more impressed with this guy and the way he plays, but what blows me away about him in that game he had three turnovers yet when it mattered most he was cold-blooded in leading that team down the field for that game-winning drive in the final two minutes how many young quarterbacks have you been around that can just put those mistakes behind them forget they even happened and then go and win a game of that magnitude yeah, uh, I think you kind of you kind of hit it on the head, you know, saying he's cold blooded. You know, I, I always I, that's literally what I always describe him as uh, as a player. You know, his mindset, the way he approaches uh, each and everything he has to do uh, throughout the week in order to get ready. And then on Sundays when he's out there in the field, like you said, I mean, you know, so to have those turnovers, you know, for a young guy in a hostile environment. Uh, you know, big time pressure situation against a, a playoff team, you know, that that can that can rattle a lot of people, you know, but for but for him, uh, he does a great job of, of living in the moment, living in each and every play and understanding what's asked of him uh, to do for for that down or that situation. And, you know, nine times out of ten, he's going to go out and execute and, and do exactly what you need him to do. So uh, and I've noticed that from him from from day one. You know, he's always been a guy who's who's asked the right questions and and wanted to know things and sought, you know, sought knowledge and always wanted to to find ways to improve himself. Never hanging on the, 
you know, the, the fact that he's drafted to be the franchise quarterback and, oh, you know, maybe he has time to develop. You know, for him, it's it's about proving who he is right now and then continuing that that ascension into, you know, the 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 just star, you know, quarterback that, that he is now and is going to continue to be. Sheldon Rankin's joining us. I, he answered my question. I was going to ask you, like when you first saw him, you've been around a while now. You've seen everything. I interviewed him on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. I mean, clearly watching him in college, you knew there was something there, right? That's a really talented guy. But when I sat with him, just the way this guy shows up, even for something like that, to your point, he is where his feet are. Like he's in the moment. This guy's presence and confidence was just jumping right off the charts but I'm just a media guy. I'm curious, when he steps into a locker room, when you first met him, did you get that vibe from him or did you need to see it from him on the field first? Like, what was your first impression of the guy? Yeah, no, he he he, he has an aura of confidence with him wherever he goes. And it's not, it's not cockiness. It's not arrogance. It's not, uh, you know, him, you know, feeling himself or anything like that. He, he walks in a room and understands and, and, and knows he can get the job done and knows he can get the job done at a high level, but he also wants to bring everybody with him. It's not just about him. It's about the 10 guys around him. It's about, you know, his offensive lines, about his running backs. It's about his receivers and tight ends. It's about the defense. It's about special teams. I mean, he's always, he's always looking to, 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 to build those relationships. And I think that goes a long way. He's not just, playing quarterback from, you know, the, the hours from when he's in the building. And then when he leaves, you know, he he's, he's doing other things like, no, he's, he's all about being uh, the quarterback, the leader of this team from, you know, Sunday through Sunday, you know, whether it's hanging out with guys outside of the building or, you know, extra film study, or just kind of, you know, just hanging out in the locker room, you know, shooting basketball in the locker room or different things like that. Like he makes himself, a part of everything we're doing here, not putting himself above everything, which w- 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 could be easy for for a young guy in a situation like this where he's playing as well as he is. I mean, you know, for a young guy, a rookie quarterback, you know, nine games in to be mentioned, you know, in, in MVP discussions and different things like that, that could get to a guy's head. But for him, you know, he he's very humble. He's he carries himself with with uh, with, with the confidence and 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 with the purpose to to lead men. And he goes about it the right way. And that's it's, it's special to be able to watch it, special to be able to experience it, and to know that he's truly only going to get better and to know that he truly wants to get better. Like, he's not hanging on the fact that, oh, his first nine games he's played well. Like, for him, he's still seeking out ways to improve and and do everything he can to put this team on his back and and put us in positions to, to be successful. My man, that's incredible praise coming from somebody like you who's been in the league as long as you have, and all true. I mean, such, such high praise. Sheldon Rankin's joining us. You know, back to your game, you had a monster game, a monster game. You had a career-high three sacks and you forced a fumble, that's a day now, big dude. When was the last time you had a three-sack game, ever? Yeah, so it was high school. My junior year, uh, my junior year, we played Stockbridge High School. I had eight tackles and three sacks. I remember that. Like, it was, you know, it did, you, know you, you never forget games like that. So, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, I missed a few games with injury, but to be able to come back and, you know, it, it took me a few drives to kind of shake the rust off. But once I found the rhythm, 
uh, once I got back out there and was, you know, you know, getting back into the swing of things, like it felt good to be able to to get back and have an impact like that and and make plays for this team. And, you know, we, we always talk about it, being able to make those plays to get the ball back to CJ and allow him to do what he does. Listen, you had options in the offseason as a free agent. I mean, did you have some sort of crystal ball? Did you see this team having the kind of season that it's having? Why did you sign with the Texans? Yeah, no, I, I can honestly say I, I didn't. You know, I, I couldn't have, uh, in my wildest dreams, I couldn't have, have drawn it as perfect as it's been. Uh, but, you know, understanding, um, you know, D'Amico and, you know, I, I knew some guys who knew him and played for him and they spoke so highly of him. And, you know, there were a couple of times and, you know, I think D'Amico said it before where he had tried to, to trade for me when I was, you know, in other places, you know, to get me to San Fran. So, um, you know, it was opportunity to, to to finally get that done. And, you know, being able to to play in this system again. I love playing in this defensive system. And, you know, it allows uh, my abilities to to be able to to shine through and, you know, to be able to, you know, to, to really play my best ball. And then, you know, I felt like it just really gave me an opportunity to uh, to prove the, the guy that I still am. You know, there, there was a you know point in my career where you know, I felt like I was truly ascending into to being one of those upper tier players. And then I, you know, kind of got met with, you know, just back to back to back injuries, you know, just some 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 unfortunate things that, that kind of, you know, slowed progress. But to be able to to have the opportunity to, to continue to show the league that I am a, a three down disruptive player, uh, you know, no, 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 no matter the situation, um, I, I relish that opportunity. And then, you know, add in the fact that, you know, you know, once I sign and, you know, we, we draft CJ, trade back up, get Will and, you know, Tank Dell and all those. Like, I mean, you know, it it, it really all came together, you know, to, to form the perfect storm. And, you know, I'm just blessed to be, you know, to, to have this opportunity to be able to to impact this organization uh, in any way that I can. You know, we've been talking about this. In fact, I've got a side hustle to the side hustle called the Reinvention Project. That thing you just said, like, I wanted to prove. I wanted to prove that I was still that guy. So now that you've, like, hit that second mountain, you're scaling the second mountain, you're proving that you are that guy. I'm curious, did you have to prove it to yourself and since you are proving it, how does that feel? How gratifying is that? Yeah, I think uh, I think at first um, the, the, that's that's kind of where it starts. You know, it, the once you go through some some traumatic things, you go through some you know some unfortunate situations. You uh, your confidence is the first thing to go, right? Like you know, you still you still go out there and train. You still go out there and you know, and do things throughout the off season to put yourself in the best position to, to be able to make plays. But, um, you know, the, the, the confidence aspect, the mental aspect that goes along with it, like that's a whole different thing that has to be trained. So, you know, being able to come into this situation and understand it, um, you know, what, what, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to make of it and to be able to, to go out and, and, and be able to, to execute as well as I feel like I have been as of late uh, and to continue to be able to do that. Yeah. It's big improvement in myself. You know, I think, cause you know, as, as a young guy, uh, I think you worry so much about uh, outside perception. You worry so much about, you know, what other people think uh, that stuff gets in your head. But I think, you know, the, the longer I've played, I think it's been more about man, like, uh, being able to look myself in the mirror and 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 be truly happy with the with the you know the play that I put on tape you know and I think uh, uh, you know last week was a great demonstration of, of of being able to you know allow everything that I truly truly 
work on and, and truly, you know, bust my ass for and, and, and really die for out there uh, to allow it to really like culminate in, in, in what was an amazing game. And I just look forward to being able to build on that and look forward to being able to, you know, not prove anybody wrong, but prove myself right. Uh, each and every time I step out there. Such good insight. Hey, let me finally ask you this. I appreciate the time so much. It's such a great conversation. Even at the highest level, you just said it, guys lose their confidence. Once you lost your confidence, how did you get it back? What was your process? What did you do to get that mojo back? Yeah, it's tough. I think, uh, you know, it's a lot of trial and error, you know, at, at times because, you know, as – as professional athletes, as you know, uh, especially you know in this profession, football, alpha men, like you know, that's how you feel. Like you know, uh, tough guys, quote unquote. Like that's that's the you know the stigma around you know football players. So like it's hard to openly express the fact that you've lost confidence, or it's hard to express the fact that like man, you may not think you can do it as well as you used to, you know, to, to do it at one point in time anymore. So, you know, having those internal conversations, having those, you know, talks with myself and, you know, being able to, to, to truly just, you know, uh, really dive into, into my craft, you know, whether it's, you know, was, was watching tape on, on things I used to do, whether it was, you know, changing up the way I, I trained or changing up my approach and, and the way I did certain moves or certain things to be able to, you know, have better success with them now, like going through the whole reinvention process of, of, of my game. And, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it took me a while to get there to, to feel like, you know, everything is is kind of, you know, going the way that I that I wanted it to go. But I think, you know, now I've kind of found it like a sweet spot of of just kind of fine tuning and, and doing everything I feel like uh, is needed for me to go out there and be successful uh, down in, down out in, and truly have an impact with this defense. In other words, man, the way out is straight through. The way out is straight through. You did the work, man. You did the hard work on yourself and your craft in the game. Sheldon Rankin's joining us. I can't say how much I respect that, how much I appreciate that. I love that conversation, dude. I got so much out of that. So thank you very much for sharing and the insight, man, and being candid and being real. You're right. You get, you don't really get that from guys because it's not part of the culture, man. You're not supposed to let people know how you feel, especially if you're struggling. That's my yeah. two cents worth. Sheldon, appreciate you, man. Thank you very much. Hey, man, I appreciate you for having me on, man. Good night, now!